This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. And alhamdulillahi nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiru wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina wa min sayyidi'ati amalina من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يدلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمد عبده ورسوله صلوات الله والسلام عليه تسليما كثيرا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجال كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يتع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعض فإن خير الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار We're going to begin inshallah as we general new series We got different ideas and different responses from the shabab جزاهم الله خيرا أحزن الجزاء inshallah but the books that they were suggesting were too long in my opinion and although they are all important I just felt that they were too long and you can find those books in other places inshallah and I did some of the books already one of the most important books that was mentioned was Kitab al-Tawheed and I do believe that Kitab al-Tawheed should be repeated over and over and over, especially when we see some of the things that take place in our ummah during this time that we're going through. Nonetheless, inshallah, azawajal, we chose a book in the vein of the previous books that we've been doing. And in the vein of what the ulama of al-hadith have always done. Something that's simple, something that is easy, from the fiqh of the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam and from what we need, no doubt about it. So we did the 40 hadith of al-imam al-Nawawi. We did the 40 hadith of al-Shaykh Ali al-Halibi. One book was the shakhsiyah of the Muslim, the personality, the Islamic personality. And those a hadith that he brought that shed light on the importance of developing, maintaining, cultivating the shakhsiyah al-Islamiyah. Everybody who's a Muslim, you have an Islamic personality, you have to develop and make jihad fi sabi'illah. All of us, a perpetual jihad until 
we check out of this dunya and we die. We have to develop ourselves because no one's perfect. And then we did his book, the 40 hadith in the da'wah and the du'at. A hadith that the Muslims should be aware of as it relates to giving da'wah and as we mentioned, everybody here is giving da'wah. You're married, so you're giving da'wah to your children. You're Muslim, you're giving da'wah to those people who are not Muslims. You're a practicing Muslim, you're giving da'wah to people who are not practicing Muslims. We are companions, ashab, we're giving da'wah one to another. So we're going to, inshallah, keep that ball rolling in terms of the 40 hadith. Now, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but Al-Imam Al-Nawwi has probably the single most famous book of 40 hadith to the awam. The regular Muslims who are not really students, they don't really give their time to knowledge and research and things like that. But everybody knows of 40 hadith. It's probably translated in every single language that the Muslims speak. Allah Ta'ala decreed Al-Qubul to that book. The Ta'lifat of Al-Imam Al-Nawawi, Rahmatullahi Alayhi, his books have been received by the Ummah of Al-Islam. His book, Riyadh Salihin, and his book, 40 Hadith. He translated or he explained Sahih Muslim, one of the most important explanations of Sahih Muslim. And he has other books. Allah Ta'ala wrote for that man, Al-Qubul, Rahmatullahi Alayhi Rahmatul Wasi'ah. And he gave a lot of advice to this Ummah, although he was Shafi'i, he wasn't a person who was muta'asib, reject the Quran and the Sunnah when it went against the Shafi'i madhab. He wasn't like that. And Al-Kamal is for Allah only. But that's the one that's famous. But there are too many 40 hadith books to sit here and to mention them. There are too many. They are many. 40 hadith and the virtues of La ilaha illallah. 40 hadith and the importance of getting married. 40 hadith and al-jihad and al-mujahideen. Fadl al-jihad wal-mujahideen. Or maybe I should whisper that. 40 hadith and jihad wal-mujahideen. Maybe that's the time we're living in right now. We have to whisper things now out of fear about our religion. Although we make it clear how we understand these things and we don't apologize about them. There's nothing in Al-Islam from Alif to Yad that we apologize about. We explain the context and the reality of everything and we keep it moving. The virtues of 40 hadith, the virtues of the companions. 40 hadith and the virtues of Ali bin Abi Talib. 40 hadith and the virtues of Ahlul Bayt. 40 hadith and the virtues of this and the virtues of that. So there are many books 40 hadith, many, too many to mention. Some of those books, they're mentioned with the chain of narration, and some of those books are not mentioned with the chain of narration. Some of them are mentioned like the abwab in the books of fiqh, the chapter of a tahara, the chapter of a salat, the chapter of a zakat, the chapter of psalm, like that. I mean, a lot of books. And these books were written and they started to be you know written by the scholars of Islam early on in Al-Islam. The scholars say 
that the first person who wrote a book like this was Al-Imam Abdullah ibn al-Mubarak, who we mentioned his name many times. Ya Akhi Abdullah Muslim, there's a tremendous scholar who you should know. Bigger, bigger than Al-Imam Ahmed, Al-Imam Malik, Al-Imam Shafi, Al-Imam Abu Hanifa, bigger than them. He was big. Rahmatullahi Ali, although I'm not going to spend a lot of time proving he's bigger, not bigger. The point is, he was up there. Let's leave it like that. He was way up there. Al-Imam Abdullah ibn Mubarak, one of the ten people who the scholars called him Amiru Mu'mineen fil Hadith. And that has a meaning. Because if he says something about a hadith, like, I don't know that hadith, then that has some implications because he's Amiru Mu'mineen in hadith. Only nine other people like that. He himself wrote the first book about 40 hadith. And the scholars used to put emphasis on writing these books for different reasons. I'm really not going to go deep into that, but there is a hadith. If you have the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi, they bring this in the beginning of the book when you read the introduction of that book. The hadith said that the Prophet says, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, man hafidha ala ummati arba'ina haditha, في أمر دينها بعثه الله تعالى يوم القيامة فقيها وكتب له يوم القيامة شافع وشهيدا This hadith says anyone who protects and maintains and safeguards 40 hadith for my ummah concerning the religion of my ummah then the reward of that is Yom Al-Qiyam, Allah will raise him up and he will be a faqih, a jurist. And Allah will write for him in terms of the reward that he will be a shafi'in and that he will be a shahida, that he will intercede for people, his mother, his father, and other people. And he will be a shaheed, a martyr. This hadith is not authentic. By the ittifaq of the scholars, so you remember this, that this hadith is not authentic. So a lot of times you will hear and you will read that the scholars wrote the 40 hadith for this. This hadith has a lot of chains of narrations, many of them, but all of them are weak. So if you have a couple of chain of narrations that are weak, four, five, six chains around narrate, if they're all weak, if the weakness is not very shadid and severe, it can rise up to be hasan li and it becomes hasan and the science of the knowledge of hadith. But if the ba'af and the weakness is shadid, if you have a billion chains of narration and all of them are severely weak, then it doesn't help anything in terms of the grading of that hadith. It's weak. And this is one of those hadith. So it's not for this that the scholars wrote the book. But they make istitnas. Istitnas. They use other things and that's thrown in there for good measure. Not to have itimad and to rely on that hadith. Because it's not true. If someone is going to be raised up Yom Al-Qiyamah as a shafi' or a shaheed, we're going to need dalil from the kitab of the sunnah to prove that. Not a weak hadith. But what the scholars relied upon is stuff that's stronger than that. Like the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, balighu anni walaw ayat. Tell the people about me, give da'wah to me, even if it's one small ayat, something small that you know. Forty hadith. Those books of hadith, 
They have tens of thousands of hadith in them. Thousands of hadith. There's only 40 hadith. But with so many books, 40 hadith, 40 hadith, 40 hadith, 40 hadith, all of them combine, they safeguard for us a great portion of al-Islam, a great portion of the sunnah. So the Prophet prohibited us and he told us, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, la yahqiranna ahadukum min al-ma'roof shay'a. None of you should look at something that's a good deed, ma'roof. Don't look at it as being insignificant, although it may be small. One kalima, don't look at that as being small. Fear the hellfire even if it was with a half of a date. Don't look at it as being small. You doing a positive gesture for someone like opening up the door, giving him your chair, letting him go before you, giving salams with a smile. Don't look at that as being small because anyone who does a sadaqah, Allah he takes it and from his name subhanahu wa ta'ala is he is al-jawad he is al-kareem, he's generous if you ask him he gives if you don't ask him he'll give and when he gives he's not bakhil, hashirillah he'll take something and he'll multiply it for you and multiply it for you so it's from that bad it's from the hadith and the instruction and the khabar of the nabi Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They made these books for the hadith. لِيُبَلِّغُ الشَّاهِدُ الْغَائِبَ He told his companions who were sitting there and they heard him talking. He said, لِيُبَلِّغُ شَاهِدْ الْغَائِبَ When he used to talk, he said, let the ones who hear me, you hear my hadith, let them go and tell people who didn't hear it. So put 40 hadith together so that when people hear those 40 hadith, they have it in their head. They go back, they teach their families. They have those 40 hadith in their head, or some of them. When the opportunity presents itself, they'll tell people about this hadith. They don't know, he know. He knows because he was there. And then they will take it and they will take it to the next level, to the next person. And he said one of the wisdoms about that, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it may be that the person who the hadith was relayed to, he may understand it better than the one who heard it. So you're sitting here, you hear the hadith, you take this hadith to someone else, you tell them about it, it may be because of his intellect that he has, which is sharp and stronger than ours, that he's able to deduce from that hadith and understand from that hadith much more than the one who heard it. So it's from this bab that those scholars put that hadith together. From the bab of the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Nadrallahumri'an, may Allah illuminate the face of a person, sami'a, maqarati, fawa'aha, fa'addaha kama sami'aha. May Allah put light in the face of the person who hears my hadith, and then he understands that hadith, and he goes and he shares it. So everybody wants to get the nudra, yawmul qiyamah, wait mudu, and the parts of the wudu will shine, yawmul qiyamah. Another way of a person having a face that is light is the nur of al-Islam. That's what the imam just read, just now. Rabbana atim lana nurana, our Lord, complete for ourselves, yawmul qiyamah, this light, light in the face, light of al-Iman. One of the ways your face can be enlightened is the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So beware of saying and narrating 
transmitting what he did not say, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So all of those issues and other than that are the encouragements that scholars of Islam, they came and they made these books about 40 hadith. Another issue is the number 40 is important in the religion. You go back and you check it out yourself. Go to Google. The number 40 is important in this religion. When the man reaches the age of 40, the age of full strength, and he becomes 40 years old, that's in our religion. The Dajjal, when he comes back, he'll be on the earth for 40 days. 40 days. First day like a year, second day like a month, third day like a week. And the 37 subsequent days are like our days. Why 40 days? From the hikmah of Allah. The number 40 comes a lot in the religion of Islam. So it has some significance in it. That man that I just told you about, Al-Imam Ibn Mubarak, Abdullah Ibn Mubarak, he had his own method. Abdullah Ibn Mubarak was a rich man. He was a scholar. He was a businessman. He was a mujahid. It's a mujahid. With the true meaning of the word. As I always say, not ISIS, not Boko Haram, not Shabab, not Qaeda, not that. No. He used to spend a lot of his time out in jihad. He was a person who used to travel quite a bit. And when he used to travel, he used to take his students with him. And because he had so much money, when they arrived in Mecca, after they did Umrah, and all of the people converged on him to take knowledge from him, it was time to go back. He would give his students money. Buy your wife something, buy your wife something, buy your kids something, buy your kids something. The man was Kareem. Anyway, he came out from the Majlis, one of the greatest scholars of Islam, greater than him. And that was Imam Sufyan al-Thawri. Sufyan ibn Sa'id ibn Masruq al-Thawri. Had his own madhab, bigger than the four madhabs that we are telling people you must follow that madhab. No, it's highly recommended that you follow that madhab. I encourage you, follow the madhab, Abu Hanifa's madhab. If you can find someone who knows it and he's teaching it correctly, but when the Quran and the Sunnah conflicts with the madhab or the madhab conflicts with the Quran and the Sunnah because the Quran and the Sunnah is the asal. That's the origin. But if the madhab or your sheikh, their words go against the Quran and Sunnah, then do it. Al-Imam Abu Hanifa said and the rest of those imams, take my words and throw them against the wall. Don't consider them. Take the words of that sheikh and kick his words like a football across the globe and stick to the Quran and the Sunnah and make dua for the imam. Because he's a human being, and we don't think that those are imma. We believe that they are the awliya of Allah, inshallah. We don't believe that they would just, just try not to, to, they would just want to oppose the truth. So Imam Abdullah bin Mubarak came from the majlis of Sufyan authority, and he was happy. They said, what are you happy for? What makes you happy? What makes you like that? He said, I just came from Sufyan authority, and he taught me 40 hadith. Sufyan Athori memorized hundred thousands of hadith, but he taught him 40. Why 40? Because they used to put emphasis on this number. So it's from this bad, not the weak hadith. So we are, inshallah, going to do a book.
about the 40 hadith. And the book that we're going to do, Ikhwani, we're going to try to, inshallah, raise our game a little bit. Because we have so many people here, mashallah, and I hope this challenge doesn't cause you to be chunks and punks and now you start running away. We don't want students, especially people who claim in the sunnah and salafi and ahlul hadith and ahlul sunnah, and we don't have any discussion. Things are said, and you just sit there, and you're just absorbing, and there's no discussion. You're going to help me grow. I'm going to help you grow when we have, you know, robust discussions back and forth with edit. Never sit in front of someone who's teaching you, and you try to flex your intellectual muscles on him, and you try to make him look as if he doesn't know what he's talking about, and you want to embarrass him. It's not from Al-Islam. It's not from Al-Islam. And we want to ask some of you brothers who are sitting in an inappropriate way, this is a majlis of knowledge, and this is the masjid. There is rewards when we get knowledge, and the way we dress, and the way we behave, and the way we look, and the way we sit. From the book, 40 Hadith of Al-Imam Al-Nawwi. Al-Imam Al-Nawwi. He brought that Hadith of Jibril. Where he came to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the form of a man, and his clothes were exceedingly white, and his hair was exceedingly black and well combed, and he had nice adab, and he sat on his knees the way we sit in the tashahhud, tahiyatulillah, and he put his knees to the knees of Rasulullah, and he proceeded to ask him questions, Ya Muhammad. What is Al-Islam? What is Al-Iman? What is Al-Ihsan? And he went through that whole thing. When is Yawm Al-Qiyamah? What are some of the signs? And then he got up and left. Rasulullah said, Ya Umar, do you know who that was? He said, Allah and his messenger know best. That's knowledge. If you don't know, you don't know. Allah and his messenger know best. He said, that was Jibril. He came to teach you your religion. So he came to teach you how to sit. We don't sit in the majlis of knowledge like that. It's not appropriate. Although, although, we're not going to throw you out. We're not going to point you out. No, I'm just saying, try to be better. And what we're doing is, we're trying to imitate and emulate the atmosphere that those companions were upon. It's the simple things like this. When this community starts to hold on to them and practice them and call to this and teach it, these fitting that are hitting us like waves, we'll be able to handle them. Handling these fitness that hit us, you know, like waves, the death of your mother, this thing, the death of your mother, who's the queen. Your mother's a queen. Rahmatullah alayha. Rahmatullah alayha. Rahmatin wasi'ah. That's a fitna, death. The situation that happened recently in Leicester and then here. The way of solving those problems is not marching and, and compromising the uh, security and the uh, stability of our countries. That's not the way. The way you deal with that, the way that those things are solved, is by sitting in the measures correctly and getting knowledge and giving advice to one another and giving each other excuses. So many things that are in our ability. People go to the... Hindu temple and they're out there and they're going crazy and they're very, very, very pumped up and riled up. This one over there is saying takbir, Allah Akbar, takbir, Allah Akbar. But right around the corner, 
It's Salat al-Maghrib time. That's where you should be right now saying Allahu Akbar with the takbir from position to position. But the protesters are not in that masjid. They're outside. I saw one situation. It was amazing. It's amazing. And all I can say is La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And Lester, our brother, Bu Taymiyyah, Hafidhahullahu Ta'ala, was trying to address the crowd and he was saying some good words to the crowd. Hey brothers, calm down. We cannot give the Arab society a bad image about who we are. Don't fall into the trap. And one of our sisters came onto the side of him. And then she just screamed and said, I am the Mahdi. I am the Mahdi. And then they whisked her out of there. With the way our community is, you'll find that someone will look at that sister and say, hey, hey, I believe you're the Mahdi. Let me, let me get your, let me get your bank details. I want a direct deposit for you so I can support your dawah. That's how it is with our community. To that degree, this is not the way to make al-amru bin ma'roof and al-nahyan al-munkar. So as it relates to the 40 hadith, we're going to deal with the 40 hadith in this class that I want to challenge you brothers to try to memorize these 40 hadith. And this is why we chose this type of 40 hadith. The 40 hadith that we're going to deal with in this class is the 40 hadith that is... Arba'una hadithan min kalimatain. Arba'una hadithan min kalimatain, Akhi Yusuf. Some of the older brothers who are reverts, Afro-Caribbean brothers like Yusuf, in his head, in his mind, some of us says, man, I can't memorize those hadith. I can't. La, you can. You can. And you're going to see, inshallah. Just like we can memorize the Quran if we put some time in it. That's what Allah said. We made the Quran easy to be memorized. But is there anyone that will try to do it? Right away we say, I can't do it. No, Allah said He made it easy. But you have to put the time in. You want your child to memorize the Quran? Believe me, trust me. You're not going to do that by just letting a child free, playing around, eating candy and popcorn and ice cream like that, and you're not being with him and committed to him. That's why I have a lot of respect for any father, any mother, who has dedicated their lives to their children memorizing the Quran. It is not easy. It is not easy if you don't have discipline. But you have to put your best foot forward. So this 40 hadith, we're going to deal with 40 hadith. That only consists of two words from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Just two words. Like the first hadith is Al-Ain Haqqun. Al-Ainu Haqqun. It's the first hadith. Which means the evil eye is truth. The evil eye is real. So I'm going to say it and you say it. I'll say the first word, you repeat it. I'll say the second word, you repeat it. And then I'm going to say both of them, then you say both of them. Al-Ainu. Haqqun. Al-Ainu Haqqun. Al-Ainu. Haqqun. Al-Ainu Haqqun. 
Yo, Ikhwani, I want you guys to get a bit more committed. That's pretty good. Uh, but it is mediocre. We're trying to get way up there. Shoot for the stars. Shoot for the stars. I want you to really push yourself. Make jihad. Make jihad against yourselves. Jihad. Jihad. Al-Ainu Haqqun. Now, you can sit here and you memorize that. And you leave this message and you are saying to yourself, Al-Ainu Haqqun. And we're going to explain what it means. And then we'll explain the benefit. Because it's touching all of us. He has a baby that won't stop crying. As it happened during the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Kept hearing that baby crying, that baby crying, that baby crying. He told those people, make ruqya for your baby. Your baby has the evil eye put on it. And then during this time, our fitna, one of the fitna is, the hadith comes and the person rejects the hadith. Because it doesn't make sense to him. He can't get his head around it. He can't, it doesn't feel good to him. Now Muslims, they don't believe in that thing. This hadith, if you say it, you believe it, you'll get in trouble. Like the word jihad. No, no, no. We're going to tell the whole world jihad is from our religion. But it is not what the media has tried to show jihad is in order to make tanfir and run people away from our religion. The same way they've been saying for a long time that al-Islam spread by the sword and the Nabi of Islam sallallahu alayhi wasallam, was just killing people indiscriminately and it's a big lie. And as the late great Malcolm X used to say rahmatullahi alayhi you tell people the same lie over and over you tell them enough people start believing they think it's real they think it's real so it's a fitna for the people so this is what we're going to deal with now listen we have more than 40 hadith where the prophet said two words sallallahu alaihi wasallam more but it goes to show the richness of the sunnah from the 40 hadith are the 40 hadith of the long hadith there are some long hadith like the hadith of Al-Isra wal Mi'raj. The companions would sit there and hear that hadith and they would memorize that long hadith. The hadith of Khadr and Musa. There are some long hadith. And they were preserved for us and safeguarded for us by the Imams of Al Hadith. And that's why we say with Fakhr, with Al Itizaz, we say Ahlul Hadith, Ahlul Hadith. Ahlul Hadith all day long. But not Ahlul Hadith up in the north. Masjid Ahlul Hadith in Keithley and Bradford and Manchester and over here um, at Alam Rock. What's that masjid over there? Huh? Masjid Muhammad Ahlul Hadith. Meaning, it's just the name on the masjid. La, as we always tell you. And Imam Abu Hanifa, he said, my madhab is the Hadith if it's authentic. Authentic hadith. La tazalu ta'ifatu min ummati ala al-haqq mansura. There will never cease to be a group of people from our ummah who will be victorious. They will always be like that. It won't hurt them, those who go against them, whether they're Muslims or non-Muslims. There are some Muslims who go against what you believe and what you know is true when things happen. For political reasons, because of fear, they take positions, you know that position is not right. They'll go against you in that position. 
And if they're non-Muslims, they'll go against you. But the people of this hadith, Imam Ahmed said, if they're not Alul Hadith, I don't know who they are. Abdullah ibn Barak said, Abdullah ibn Mubarak, Amir al-Mu'minin al-Hadith, he said, they're Alul Hadith. But who are Alul Hadith? Alul Hadith are the people when the Hadith come to you, you say, Ala Rasul Wa'in. It goes against what I believe and what I want and what my desire. My desire is telling me, my desire is telling me, let me go out there and protest and let me go break stuff up and let me go show my ghira for Islam and let me go show that I'm here to defend the Muslims back in India or anywhere else. You're not coming to my area and doing this and disrupting and being a threat to my wife and my children. You're not going to do that. I'm going to come and meet you at the door. And then someone comes to you and brings you a hadith of the Prophet and says, don't compromise the safety and the security of the place where you live. You say, okay, I'm falling back. Because that's the hadith, that's what it says. That's alul hadith. Alul hadith is not ashwa'i. Just go out, fly like a bird. Just just do it, because it feels good. That's not alul hadith. Even if you wear a gold jacket with alul hadith, and got a big drum in front of you, alul hadith. What's in the name? What's in the name? So inshallah, we'll memorize this. After 10 weeks, we're going to give an exam to see who memorized these hadith. So all you have to do, first day, keep going over it. Next week, inshallah, keep going over it. Now it starts to become a challenge after 10 weeks, but you still can do it. Al-aynu haqqun. Al-aynu haqqun. Al-aynu haqqun. Another reason, Ikhwani, why I chose this is because we are trying to get our community to understand the ease of our language, of our religion. Our religion is an easy religion. Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, وَلَكِنْ كُونُوا رَبَّانِيِّينَ بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تُعَلِّمُونَ الْكِتَابِ وَبِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَدْرُسُونَ You should, people should be رَبَّانِيِّينَ because of what you used to learn from the book, and because what you used to learn and what you used to teach. Rabbani, he is a scholar who is Rabbani, from the word Rabba. Rabbani is the scholar who teaches people the small knowledge before the big knowledge. You have to walk before you run. You have to crawl before you walk. Deal with the small things. He just got married. He got married last year. And he's trying to slide into second base already, eight months after his first marriage. He's 23, 25 years old. Yeah, you just got married only eight months ago. Yeah, but it's the sunnah. Yo, brother, but you're getting ready to, you're trying to swallow the mountain of Uhud right now. You're not ready for that. You better fall black back and relax yourself. Mm, you're against the sunnah. Nobody's against the sunnah. You can't, you, you, you have to wake up and smell the coffee, man. I'm not talking about Starbucks. You have to wake up and see the reality of life. So what did I look like introduced to you brothers a science like a jah? What, what, what ta'deel? It is pure madness. Junoon. Junoon. Madness. To start teaching African-American reverts 
who are just practicing the religion. I'm just, they're just practicing, coming out of the nation of Islam, and I start teaching them usulul fiqh. It's not time for that. I teach them a tawheed, a tawheed, a tawheed, a tawheed, awwalin wa abadan. Always a tawheed from the beginning. Let people understand the basics of their religion. But you want to teach us ilmul kalam and swear by Allah that ilmul kalam is from the religion. Hey hat, hey hat. So it's from that angle. We're going to do this small, easy class. Plus that famous hadith. The Prophet sent Mu'adh ibn Jabal to Yemen, Abu Musa al-Ash'ari to al-Yemen, and he sent the Amir al-Mu'mineen Ali ibn Abi Talib to Yemen. May Allah be pleased with him. He used to tell those people, Ud'u nas give da'wah to the people. وَبَشِّرُوا وَلَا تَنَفِّرُوا وَيَسِّرُوا وَلَا تَعَسِّرُوا Give the people glad tidings. Give them glad tidings and don't run them away. Make things easy for them and don't make things difficult for them. So we're going to expect inshallah that this class grows and if it doesn't, فَبِي وَنِعْمَ But we don't want to see the class decline. We don't want to see it decline. It's going to get bigger than this number, inshallah, or remain the same. So before each and every class, we're going to go over the hadith, memorize it, and you will be picked. Ya fulan, what's the hadith? What's the hadith for today on the table, my man? Al-Ainu Haqqun. Akhi, akhi, my brother, what's today's hadith that we're going to deal with? Good job. My man, what's the hadith? Al-Ainu Haqqun. Good job. Dr. Abu Hanifa, I know that you PhD, medical doctor and all that stuff like that. What's today's hadith, Dr. Abu Hanifa? Inshallah. May Allah Ta'ala uh, welcome our brother Dr. Abu Hanifa back and may Allah Azzawajal have mercy upon his mother, our mother, Umm Abdullah, Umm Sheikh uh, Abu Hanifa. I still remember vividly when I did aid with her and we were t- sitting there talking about her country and, and her life. We ask Allah Ta'ala to put in the Jannatil Firdaus without any su'al. And that He subhanahu wa ta'ala makes her a hijab for her children and her grandchildren who follow after her. And we pray to Allah that her legacy of being a Muslim lady committed to a deen, inshallah, spills into the grandchildren. Say Ameen. So Ikhwani, that's what this daras is about. And that's the book that we're going to do. We may do two, three hadith in one class. We'll see how it goes, inshallah. We're not going to do the hadith today, al-aynu haqqun, because I want to share something else with you. And then we're going to call it a day, bi-idhrillahi ta'ala. And that is about what's going on today with this problem with the um, extreme Hindus and all of this. It's a big problem, big problem. But all I do want to do, or what I want to do is just share with you just an ether. Because I was actually thinking about doing one week the 40 hadith of the Kalimatain and then the next week readings in the Minhaj Salafi. Ayat of the Quran and Ahadith and Athar of the companions and Athar of the Salaf about why a Salafi is the truth, things we need to know. Because we are dealing with time of fitna. I came from Leeds. When I came from Leeds, I got in an Uber. I was stuck in a drop and go place at New Street Station for about 
20 minutes. We didn't move, 20 minutes. Finally, we started moving. And then I got news. Saturday was the Gay Pride Parade. I didn't know that. I said, you knew that, driver. You just had me in a car, man. You knew that. I wouldn't have taken this Uber. I would have figured another way out. I'm just stuck in traffic for 35 minutes. I got out of the car and I walked from New Street Station to Stratford Road, where I live. And it was tough. And I was by myself. I didn't have my wife with me. I didn't have my niece with me. I didn't have my mother, who's old, with me. Alhamdulillah. I saw a lot of people stuck in city center. They had to start walking home to get home, the traffic, chaka block. But what's the point? As I started walking home, the ambiance, because it was going to rain, it was drizzling, the ambiance, the traffic. Do you remember how COVID was when the lockdown came? The lockdown, life was just weird. It was strange. Life is changing. It felt to me like Yomul Qiyam. I just felt Yomul Qiyam is close. And what I saw from the people, how they were dressed and how they were acting, men and women, shocked me, freaked me out, to be honest with you. So the point is, Yom Qiyam is close. So everything has happened, one after another, this after, this has happened, fitting, one after another. And we don't know how to handle it. I want to share something with you, inshallah, and then we'll call it a day. And it's from the statements of Ali ibn Abi Talib, radiallahu anhu. Ali ibn Abi Talib, the Prophet said about him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was the biggest and the best judge of his ummah. Aqda ummati Ali ibn Abi Talib. The big qadi in my ummah is Ali. Ali was the first youngster to accept al-Islam. The first person to pray with the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He's the leader of Ahlul Bayt. And we love him. We love him. But Abu Bakr, Umar, and Uthman are better than him as he testified to his children and to the community based upon the hadith of the Nabi, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But nonetheless, he's a judge. That's why the Nabi sent him to Al-Yamin. He doesn't send ignorant people out to give da'wah. Anyway, Ali ibn Abi Talib said to one of his students, and Ali had to deal with a lot of fitna. He had to deal with a lot of fitna, civil strife between him and some of the other companions who were in the minority and the haq was with him. People made takfir of him. Anyway, this is my advice to you today in dealing with this stuff. Ali, he said to his student, whose name was Kumail ibn Ziyad. Kumail. All you have to do is put it in the Google because he said a lot. I'm only taking extract from it, just a little bit. Kumail, K-U-M-A-Y-L, ibn Ziyad, Z-I-Y-A-A-D. Kumail ibn Ziyad. Download that and print it out and read the whole thing. I'm only going to tell you a small part of it. He said, Ya Kumail, and he told him, Do da 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 da. Ya Kumail, he told him some other stuff. And then he said, Ya Kumail, the people are three types. The people are three types in this masjid and outside of this masjid and in Birmingham and in UK and in Europe and in the world. The people are three types. The first type of person is the alim, Rabbani, 
The scholar was Rabbani. The scholar was Rabbani. Who is the scholar Rabbani? What's the definition of the scholar who's Rabbani? Who's the scholar who's Rabbani? He is the one who teaches the people the small knowledge before he teaches them the big knowledge. Another meaning of it is he's the scholar who practices what he preaches. He talks the talk and he walks the walk. We're living in a time now of fitna. Fitna. We say many things that we don't do. And that's why you shouldn't go overboard with anyone who teaches you. We say most people what we don't do. Rabbani, he says, and he works by what he says. So he said that the people are the scholar of Bani. Number two, the student of knowledge. And the student of knowledge, he's on the way of success because he's trying to learn his religion. He didn't just waste all of his time, young man, on PlayStation. That wasn't the most important thing about his presence. What's on the internet and what's on his, his cell phone and hanging out? He was trying to learn his religion. He gave some time. Some of our Shabab, some of the people give 95% of the time. Some give 90, some give 75, some give 50 to the dunya, 50 to knowledge. Some give 40, some give 20, some give 10, some give zero time to their religion. Zero time. And that's one of the times of Yomul Qiyamah. As the Prophet says, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, one of the signs of Yomul Qiyamah is the knowledge of the dunya that the people have will increase. He's a mechanic. He could, you know, change an engine by himself. He's an expert in IT. He's an expert in, you know, knowledge about medicine, whatever, the dunya. His wife is helping him do business, as the Prophet said. A man's wife is helping him to do business. It's not haram, but it's a sign of Yom Al-Qiyamah. The Rasulullah time, that wasn't the case. The women were in their homes. Now if you say women should be in their homes, people will look at you as if you are a madman. If you said that today. If you said that. Now I'm not calling to that. I'm saying in the religion. The asl of the woman is in her home. That's what the prophet said. That's what the Quran said. I'm not here to say everybody's wife have to be in a home. I'm not saying that. But if someone said this and they preach this, the Muslims will be the first ones to go against them because they don't understand. Don't be a person who the knowledge you get and that you search and you search for knowledge of the dunya far outweighs and outstretches your concern for knowledge of your deen. So he said the second type of person is the student of knowledge who's on the way of good. And the third person is the riffraff. The rebel rouser. And he said about him, The one who follows every call. Everyone who has a call, he follows him. I'm the Mahdi, I'm the Mahdi. Oh, put your hand out, I'm going to give you the bayat. You are the Mahdi. He has knowledge of his religion. He said, how can you be the Mahdi, Akhi? How can you be the Mahdi? The Mahdi, he comes from Ahl Bayt. And you come from Nigeria. You're from Nigeria. You're from Lagos, and you're not from Ahl Bayt. So I have enough sense to know that. It's like the Dajjal, when he comes and he says... 
I'm Allah. He's going to say, you can't be Allah. You're not Allah. You're not Allah. You can't go into Mecca and Medina. Your eye is like it is. And so more other issues. You're not Allah. No matter what tricks you play, you're not Allah. Because I have knowledge of who Allah is from the deen. So when he set up, who's your Lord? What's your religion? What you have to say about that man? He has knowledge of the religion. My Lord is Allah. My religion is Islam. He's Muhammad, Abdullah, and Rasulullah. And the other one says, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Those angels will say to him, you didn't read, so you didn't know. You didn't read, so you didn't know. You didn't learn your religion, so you didn't know the answer. His answer is going to be, I heard the people saying something, so I said what they said. That's not the religion. You heard what the people saying. That's a delil of what Adi is saying. The third type of person is the riffraff. The, the, the one who's just following everybody. The call over here is for this, he's behind him. It changes, he's behind him. Changes, he's behind We can't be like that. Now the reason why I'm mentioning that is, you remember that hadith in these fitin. Find out who the ulama are and be a student of knowledge. And then look at the riffraff. And I don't mean, and he didn't mean riffraff to put people down. Riffraff meaning just people who are just followers. Our sons want to put braids in their hair and leave their hair uncombed. Why? Because they're followers. They're just followers. They're following. They don't know why. I'm just following. Now Muslims do it, so I want to do it. So as it relates to this, there was a text message that went out. And that text message said, on Sunday, this past Sunday, Ummah of Al-Islam on WhatsApp, there is going to be a protest at the Hindu temple there in Stetchford. And that's where the lady who, who came here and started all of this trouble from India, who was allowed in this country. She was allowed in this country. She set the fuse for this civil unrest. Had we done that? Had we brought someone who's well known for being an extremist and we brought him here and then we got behind him and marched in the streets of the people praising some of these groups and praising ISIS and saying things like that, they would have locked all of us up. And that's why you young, you young brothers can't fall into this trick. It's a trick. Anyway, the text message said 530 is the meeting. If you read the text message, you don't know who organized it. It's not written who organized it. So you as a young man, when you read that, you can't be like that third group of people, the one who follows every call. Come out and support unity and strength. What unity? What strength? What unity and what strength? Which, which one are you talking about? This one over here is saying Hazar Nazar. This one is Khatam. This one is Jeremy. This one is cursing the companions. This one over here is feminist. This one over here is racist. This one over here is saying Islam is in my heart. I don't have to pray. I don't have to do anything. My heart is white. What, what unity are you talking about? What unity? And our community is a microcosm of the wider community in the Muslim countries, the United Nations. United Nations. They've been having meetings recently. But we're not going to go into all of that. 
I just wanted to share with you guys this hadith of Ali ibn Abi Talib and that's the homework assignment inshallah go back print that out Ali's advice to Kumail Kumail ibn Ziyad we're going to stop here inshallah and we'll start dealing with the next with the hadith next week and we ask Allah to protect us protect your families and protect all of us inshallah as we move forward that Allah bestow upon us good strong clear responsible leadership people who are uqala people who are balanced and people who have hikmah and people who know this religion and that he subhanahu wa ta'ala helps us to take that strength of our shabab because our shabab they wanted to show we're not scared of people. We are not our fathers and mothers who came here 50 years ago when we used to get chased home from school. They used to get chased home from school. They're not chasing us home from school. So that's what our Shabbat was saying. This is a new day. You come preaching and playing that stuff where we are, we'll deal with you. That, I understand, but not that way. Not that way. Not this wild, crazy folder confusion. That's not our deen. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha illa ant. Astaghfiruka wa tubu ilayk. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah Everything that I said here today are my words. They're my words. When I get on that member, those are my words. No one else is responsible for them. Not the admin of Green Lane or anyone. Anytime I say anything, if it goes against the law, whatever, those are my words. I take full responsibility for them. And they're solely my words. And Allah is a'la and a'la mussalamu alaykum wa This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.